welcome. Good morning. To the graduating class of 2022, I want to say congratulations. You did it. You worked hard. You survived over 13 years of school. For some of you, you're graduating college, and it's closer to 17 years of school. Um, it's no small feat, so congratulations, y'all. Way to go. In just a minute, we're going to make a little bit of noise. Um, I'm going to give you guys the okay to celebrate, clap, cheer, be loud, use nicknames. Um, so parents, grandparents, Uncle Albert, if you're sitting near a graduate, let's just take a small moment and give them a round of applause and cheer for them. All right, ready, go. Congrats again, class of 2022. When I think back to my high school days, which I know y'all are thinking was like yesterday, um, <laughs> but I realized today that it was eight years ago yesterday that I graduated high school. Um, and it feels like forever. But when I think back to my high school days, there's a lot of things that come to mind. I think of the Friday night football games and getting to hang out with friends on the weekends. And I think of all of the amazing teachers who poured into me and who tolerated me because um, I, I was the class clown. Find that hard to believe, um, but I really was. And then sometimes when I'm feeling super nostalgic, I will break out the old yearbook and I will start flipping through the pages. And I have my, year, my senior yearbook here today. Um, and I was flipping through it this week as I was going through my message and I was just amazed at um, the, the, the little person that I used to be um, and I look through it, and seniors, you'll, you'll get this when you, when you get just a little bit older, and, you, and I look through it, and I go, I was, what, what was I wearing? Um, <laughs> why did I think that haircut was a good idea? And then I go, okay, wait, who did I date? Because, of course, when you date in high school, you think that they're going to be forever, and it's going to be the love of your life, and then you realize that that's like a one in a million chance. Um, you don't realize that until you're well into college, but eventually you will. <laughs> and then there's always, where was that one popular guy who swore he would be a millionaire right out of high school? He's going to go work for Google and revolutionize the world, and he's going to be a millionaire. And where did that guy end up? And then I was, I was flipping through, because of course the thing to do is to, to sign everybody's yearbook. And I was reading through some of the quotes of my yearbook, and people would write things like, keep in touch. I talked to one friend from high school. <laughs> um, they, would, they would write, stay sweet. You clearly didn't know me well. Um, uh, don't ever change, which that one, that one kind of hurt a little bit. Like you think I peaked as a senior in high school? I'm just never going to get any better. All right. Um, have a great summer, which is code for I don't know you, but I'm obligated to sign your yearbook. And then I would, over and over, I'm looking through my yearbook, and I see people would write, don't forget about me. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. Over and over, it's all through my yearbook. People writing, don't forget me. It's, it's this major theme we have at these milestone moments. Of, don't forget me. Don't forget me. And to be honest, I don't remember most of them. Like I said, I talked to one friend from high school. I don't remember most of the people I sat in class with or who I graduated with. Um, but they, don't, they wanted me to not forget them. They wanted me to remember. But I forgot. 
I think that happens a lot, is, is we forget. So here's my encouragement and my challenge to you guys today. Is that you may forget some of the people from high school or from college. You may forget the places that you used to hang out and that one coffee shop that you used to go to on the weekends. But I want to challenge you to never forget where you came from. And not just, you know, I grew up in Ackworth, Georgia. But who do we as Christ followers come from? Where do we come from? If you're a believer today, I want to challenge you with the idea to never forget your faith roots. Uh, never forget where you came from. My challenge to you is this, is very simply, always remember who you are and whose you are. Always remember who you are and whose you are. Now, my students hear me say this all the time. It is a major theme in our student ministry as they wrestle with their identity and they wrestle with who they are and who they're going to be in life. Um, but you guys aren't in student ministry, so we're going to break this down a little bit. Remember who you are. Remember that you're valuable and loved exactly as you are. Remember that you're unique and you're pretty awesome. And remember that you don't need to change for anyone or any trend. And then the, the key part is that last phrase of remember whose you are. You're a beloved child of God. You were bought with the blood of Christ. And that makes you an heir of the Most High. So here's the problem with that statement, though, is that we forget. As humans, we forget. It's like the, the one thing that we are excellent at is we forget. We forget all that God has done in our lives. We forget how God took care of us and continues to do so. We forget that he saved us and he redeemed us. We forget that God taught us a lot of lessons along the way. Sometimes they were tough lessons and it kind of hurt a little bit and was uncomfortable. But they were, they were lessons that he intended for us to remember. And yet we forget. We forget that God has worked in our lives and will continue to do so. You're still breathing, God's not done. I want to take a moment, want you to take a moment, and think about all that God has done for you in your elementary, middle, high school, college, on through all of your life. Think about all that God has done for you and how faithful God has been. And when I, when I paused to do that myself, it was incredible. It was, it was amazing. Just looking through my, my short 26 years that I've had, so far, and just taking the time to go, wow, that's what God has done for me. So seniors, as you graduate and as you look towards college or work or whatever life may hold for you, I want to challenge you, take some time, um, and this is, this is a challenge for everybody, so not just, not just seniors, uh, take some time, go find a quiet place, maybe go back to that coffee shop you used to hang out at. Grab a journal and start thinking about all of the things that God has done for you. And just write them down. Ask God to show you where he showed up. Because sometimes God showed up and we didn't even notice it. Have God go, hey, God, remind me. Remind me where you were. Because I'm human and I forget. And then just write all of those things down. And why am I giving seniors another assignment. I know that some of them probably want to throw things at me, but 
I say this, I say to write it down because we will forget. Life's going to happen, we're going to get busy, and we're going to forget. But if we have it written down somewhere in a journal, in a notebook, on a sticky note on our fridge, we can look back and go, that's what God has done for me. When life gets hard, we can go, no, my God is still good. Even if life sucks sometimes, <laughs> because sometimes it does. I think the past two years have proven sometimes life is just awful. There are going to be tough moments in life. It is a promise. It's a guarantee. Jesus himself said it. Sometimes life is going to be hard. So we need these reminders. So write them down. Always remember who you are and whose you are. I want to take you guys to an Old Testament narrative that demonstrates this very thought, that we sometimes forget that God has been so good to us. Now, you might be familiar with the story of how God delivered the Israelites from the hands of Egypt through his servant Moses. God's people were in bondage and in slavery in Egypt, but God cared for his people and he heard their prayers. So he sent this guy named Moses to free the people, and Moses would go to Pharaoh and those famous lines of, let my people go. Of course, Pharaoh would refuse, and this went back and forth for several times. And then finally, God, through plagues and through miracles, was able to free the people from Pharaoh. And Moses was able to lead the people out of Egypt. To get to where God wanted them, though, they needed to cross the Red Sea. They escaped by this epic miracle, this incredible feat. God stopped the waters of the Red Sea. He parted the waters. And now I'm, I'm thinking of all of the vacation Bible school songs of, of let my people go and, and all of the cool, and it's, see that I remember. Um, <laughs> but God parted the waters so that, so that Israel could cross the Red Sea. And then after they had crossed, the waters receded and they killed the Egyptians and Israel was free from Egypt. What an amazing thing to witness, right? Like, I can't, I can't fathom that. What an incredible thing to be a part of. To literally walk across an ocean floor because your God is so powerful, he can just do that. How could they forget that? Why would they want to? How would they be able to? And yet, because we're human, we see how quickly they forget how quickly they forget the power of God because they begin to complain. They get across the Red Sea and immediately they start talking to Moses and they're like, dude, all right, what now? Because I'm pretty sure they were all teenagers. Because that's what teenagers do is they complain. <laughs> and they begin to, they, they begin to complain and, and carry it on and, and they begin to question God. He just did this amazing thing for them, yet they're going to start to question God. Like he won't continue to take care of them. They completely just forgot. And years go by, and they're about to enter the promised land, but because of their disobedience, they had wandered for 40 years with Moses in the desert. And Moses has died, and Joshua has taken over. And the people are finally going to see the land that God has promised them all those years ago. And then God performs another miracle. God parted another body of water to show his faithfulness and his power. We're going to pick up this story starting in Joshua 4, in verse 4. 
So Joshua called the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow from the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters were cut off. These stones will be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Then we're going to jump down to verse 20. Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did so so that all the peoples might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So here's the thing. Joshua set up these stones so that the people would always remember how faithful and how good God had been in their lives. They've now seen two incredible miracles. But Joshua knew that people have a tendency forget, to forget. He knew that as humans, we become so involved in ourselves and in our own lives that we often forget to think about God. So he set up this memorial so that the people would not forget what God had done for his people. And in the future, when the people would be asked about the stones, they would remember that God had been faithful to, him, to them. A child would ask, Mom, Dad, what do these stones mean? And then Mom and Dad are able to teach little Timmy that these stones are here to remind us of God's goodness, that he has been faithful in giving us this land. So these stones are here to remind us of the power of God. These aren't just a reminder for one generation. They're supposed to teach future generations to come. So what I'm asking you today is don't forget what God has done for you. Mark down the areas in your life where God has moved. Many of us in the room are believers, and we have incredible stories about how God has moved in our life. Always remember who you are, and most importantly, whose you are. I want you guys to think about those stones in your life, those milestone moments. Some of them may read like this. That time that God spoke to you at camp, the time that God provided you a friend when you needed them most, the time you came to know Christ as Lord, the time that God spoke to you through one of your teachers, and students, the time that God even used your parents to speak to you. It can happen. That time that God spared you, even though you were being really dumb, because that's what we are as humans, we're, we're not that smart, because <laughs> we forget. And that time that you were broken, and God restored you. Take some time to reflect on these things. Your middle, high school, college career was not something that you experienced alone. God was there. He was with you. He was there in the valley when life was super hard. He was there on the mountaintops when life was great and awesome, and you thought that nothing will ever be better than this. He was there when you ignored him. 
He loves you and he is for you. But we must be careful not to forget what God has done for us because he is so, so good. Whether your faith has been a struggle lately or it's stronger than ever, I promise that God is working in your life. So as you go into the world, college, work, whatever may be next for you, remember whose you are. Joshua had the leaders build this monument to help Israel remember whose they are. And as we look through the rest of Joshua and on through the rest of the Old Testament, we see that when Israel remembered God and they remembered whose they are, they conquered. But when they forgot, they were destroyed quickly. We see Israel forgetting God again almost immediately after Joshua has them build this monument. They cross the Jordan and the Lord gives them instructions on how to defeat Jericho. They follow the Lord's instructions, and the walls of Jericho fall. Now, a key part of God's instructions concerning Jericho is found in Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 18. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. These are very clear, very simple instructions. Leave the shiny things alone. That was it. Don't touch the shiny things. Leave them alone. Clear instructions. All the gold, silver, bronze, and iron that Israel took from Jericho was supposed to be set aside for the Lord. But as the story continues, just a few verses later, we see things start to fall apart. At the start of chapter 7 in Joshua, But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, and so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. And right after Achan steals from the Lord. Israel goes up against Ai, this, this small city. And seeing that they're such a small army, they figure that this is going to be a quick and easy victory. We will be done by lunch. Let's go. But because they didn't follow God, because they forgot to keep God's commandments, they were defeated quickly and easily. Instead of being the conquerors, they were the ones defeated. We see here how quickly Israel was to forget. They forgot the Exodus. They forgot how God delivered them from Egypt. He parted the Red Sea, and then he parted the Jordan. And when they forgot whose they are, life got really hard for them. Now we could spend weeks going through the Old Testament, looking at all of the times that Israel forgot that they were gods. It's most of the Old Testament is God going, no, wait, come back, remember me. Come back, remember come back. Constantly, God has to remind us to come back to him and to remember whose we are. And we could spend weeks on this, um, but Craig said that I only have like two, three hours tops. Um, kidding. <laughs> and since we're here to celebrate, we're going to stop talking about how Israel got defeated and was destroyed and everything was sad. <laughs> we're going to look at an example of Israel remembering whose they are. After they were defeated at Ai, Joshua calls together all of the people and calls Achan out, singles him out 
by himself. And he's urging Aegon, hey, tell the truth, dude. What did you do? And after he tells the truth, Joshua sends out men to go find these stolen goods that Achan stole. And after they're returned, Achan and his whole family are punished. And scripture says that the Lord was no longer angry. And we see this story start to be resolved in the first few verses of chapter 8 as we read, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army up with you, go up and attack I. For I have delivered you into the hands of the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. You see, Israel wasn't done when they crossed into the promised land. It wasn't time to kick out the lawn chairs and the fun little umbrella drinks. They still had work to do. God wasn't done with them. They still had challenges to face. And just like our seniors today still have work to do. I hate to break it to you guys. You're not done. God is so, so very far from done with our seniors. So very far from done. Trials may come. Struggles will come. But if you're grounded in Christ, you can weather any storm. Again, there are no promises that this is going to be easy. In fact, pretty well promised that it's going to be tough. But when you know who you are, and most importantly, you know whose you are, the trials of life are so much easier to bear. To my seniors in the room, I encourage you to think about all that God has done for you. He has been so, so good to you. And in this next chapter of your life, remember to put him first. When you do, he will provide for all of your needs. He'll continue to provide for all of your needs as you continue to grow in him, as you continue to remember him. Aiken's story shows us that it won't always be easy to resist temptation. But God calls us again and again to be set apart, to be different than those who would give in to the things of life that try to slay us. And I promise there will be a lot. It's a scarier world out there. But whether you're going to school next year, off to work, or maybe the future is wide open and you don't quite know what is next yet, don't cave in to the pressures of the world as Aiken did. Remember whose you are. Parents, relatives, friends, church, I want to challenge you guys to continue to invest in these graduates. Support them as they face the trials of life Love them enough to tell them when they're doing dumb things and help them to remember whose they are. As we look at Achan's story, we see that all of Israel was punished for what Achan did. And while that may not seem fair to us, God has called us, his people, his church, to help those around us. Now this is completely my thinking, but I can't believe that of the thousands of Israelites who sacked Jericho, that not one person noticed Achan stuffing what in my mind looks like a giant Santa sack full of silver and gold and bronze. Like, how did nobody notice this? And yet nobody stopped him. And that's completely my thinking. Why didn't they remind him who he is? Why didn't they remind him whose he is? That he's called to follow the Lord. Or maybe Aiken had a close friend or a family member who knew that he struggles with some of these temptations. 
And I wonder where they were while he was rifling through all of the plunder that he was not supposed to take. Why didn't they help him through it? If we are to bear each other's burdens, that doesn't stop when we send kids to college or out into the world. If anything, that's when we, the church, need to kick it into overdrive and love them so, 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 so very hard. Surround them with support and encouragement and sometimes a little bit of tough love. Church, I beg of you, help these students to always remember whose they are. Graduates, parents, friends, take a look at all of the stones in your life. Remember all that God has done for you. Thank God for them. Thank God for all of those reminders that he's given us. There's so, so many. All of the little things, and especially all of the big things. Hang on to the promise of God that's found throughout Scripture, such as here in Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, if you're a Christ follower, pursue God with all you have and keep pursuing your faith in this next season of life. Jesus has set you free from sin and he'll continue to do so. He's promised this. That's so awesome. Jesus came so that you could have a full and eternal and abundant life. Remember that you're an heir of the Most High. Now, one of my favorite movies is The Lion King. I'm a complete Disney nerd. I love it. I would sing the opening lines, but Mike said that that probably wouldn't be a good idea because I can't sing. Um, <laughs> but in this movie, if you remember it, Simba goes off to find a new place and to find a new identity because he's supposed to be the next king, but he blames himself for the death of his father. So he finds some new friends who teach him a new way of life, Hakuna Matata. And it means don't worry. And now that song is in my head. He does everything he can to forget his old life. But one day he remembers. He realizes that he's the new king. As the monkey Rafiki tells him, I know who you are. He takes him to the water where he looks in and he can see his reflection. But instead of his reflection, he sees his father's image. And in that moment, he remembers that he's the king. He hears his father's voice and goes, you've forgotten me. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Senior class, as you transition to a new place in life and you transition to new adventures and new exciting things, remember who you are and all that God has done for him, for you. Remember whose you are. God has done so much good in our lives. And this time that of transition as students go out and, and as we begin summer and things start to get a little hectic and a little crazy, we may start to forget. So my challenge to you today is always, always, always remember who you are and whose you are. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for this opportunity to come here and to dig into your word, and God, I just thank you so much for speaking through me this morning to these lovely people, and I ask that as, as they go, that they will always remember who they are and whose they are. 
We love you. We praise you. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.